0: You are listening to a Raw Collective podcast. Okay, this episode is brought to you by Mitchell's Nutrition and Bliss Probiotics, two really cool companies making awesome products that I use, and I'm really stoked that they have jumped on board to support the podcast. So first up, let's chat about Mitchell's. These guys make an incredible bone broth protein powder. It's a protein powder that I use pretty much every single day. It's a very high quality protein powder. It's, you know got a full amino acid profile. It tastes absolutely delicious. It doesn't taste like bone broth. Um, it tastes like a vanilla milkshake. That's the vanilla one that I have. If you're interested to learn more about this, then check the show notes where you can find the links to Mitchell's. Secondly, let's chat about Bliss. Bliss probiotics make a lozenge that goes in your mouth, that is probiotic. And this is to support your microbiome in your mouth and your throat, which is of course the gateway to your body. So it's a very effective way to support your immune system. All of their products are based on science. They make them in Dunedin. I've been using these products for a number of years. I recommend them very highly. And so if you're interested to learn more, have a look at the show notes and check the links there. And now let's get into the podcast. Go. Hello. Hello. Well done, mate. That was really good. All right. Now, that was my son Milo just welcoming you to the podcast. Today's podcast was a, is a really good podcast. Who's that? Oh, I'm just talking to the people listening to this podcast. Yeah. So, basically, if you're listening to this podcast, then that means that you probably looked at a screen to do so, whether it was your phone or your computer, your laptop, whatever. And so, you probably got exposed to some blue light. And this podcast is all about light, it's all about blue light. I'm talking to Dan Ebbett, he's a blue light expert, and we're sort of looking at all of the ways in which light can affect our hormones, it affects our circadian rhythm, we're talking about what a circadian rhythm is, we're talking about why we're so affected by this blue light, why it might be preventing us from sleeping properly, gosh, all the ways in which we can help to kind of correct that, we talk about, you know, blue light blocking glasses, how some of them might work, how some of them might not work, how to not get ripped off, how to choose good ones. Maybe some apps that you might be able to use on your screens to prevent these negative things from happening to you. We talk about light bulbs. I mean, this is a big light episode. It's fascinating because it's something that affects everyone. So I hope you enjoy it. Actually, one other thing I will just mention is that a guy starts blowing some leaves just outside the studio. He's got a leaf blower and. I mean, there was nothing I could really do about it, so we just had to keep on recording. I mean, it's not for too long, and it's not that bad, but, you know, we just got to put up with it, because what would you rather have? Would you rather have, would you rather, oh, hi, bud, how you going? Okay. Would you rather have the leaves being blown, or would you rather have leaves left on that driveway, and for a little old lady to slip over on them on her way down to the supermarket? Because if you do, that's on you. Anyway, let's listen to the podcast. Okay, bye. So, first question for you, Dan, what is the weirdest, almost interesting thing you've ever done for your health? Oh, right. There's probably a few of them.
1: Let's keep it on topic, though, around what I'm in and the niche I'm in. It's probably um, not being able to find blue blocking glasses when I was going out to the movies. Yeah. This is back in the day when I was like a fanatic about like trying to block every amount of blue light at night. But I had a spare pair of um, snowboarding goggles. (laughs) Because they had an orange tint to it. I was like, this will work, this will work. Yeah. So, yeah, rock, rocked them in the movie theatre. Did you yeah, really? Yeah.
0: Wow.
1: Did you get weird looks? <laughs> yeah, people
0: were like, what's going on there sort of thing? It's like things you do for your health, man, you know? like <laughs> <laughs> That is so great. It's funny, eh, hey, how we um – um. I assume you're similar to me, like, you get kind of a little bit obsessed at times with um, certain aspects of health and trying to, like, get that optimal (laughs) level of health going. And, yeah, you can get a little bit obsessive about it sometimes, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Certainly was back in the early days when it was like, it was more
1: like, I was certainly in, like, a recovery phase, and I was like, this works, so why am I going to go to the movies and trash my sleep? Or I can go there looking like a fucking idiot but have awesome sleep that night.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. So you said you're in recovery mode. So let's delve into that. You, um, you've you got quite an interesting story of how you sort of found yourself winding up in this uh, blue light blocking space. Can you run us through that?
1: It dates back quite a while away, so sort of about 10 years ago, I think it is. Just fresh out of uni, moved over to Sydney to start the career. Um, so got a job as an intern in IT. Uh, so pretty much like working, corporate job, big office with screens and lighting and all all that sort of thing, um, and also them working out of hours because the intern gets lumped with all like the, the IT changes to it at like 11 o'clock at night. Back then I was actually quite into health and um, fitness and I was competing in Australia as a powerlifter sort of at the national level, right? right so okay. performance, high performance, and then I sort of combine that with a change of environment here where I'm just going to work all day in the indoor, the uh, screens, lighting, actually then walking from the CBD there into the gym, same artificial lighting, then going home and then doing changes. So within the space, I reckon, of about two months, I had insomnia like that. And I was just like, whoa, what's going on? Really? Yeah. Insomnia, so you just weren't sleeping or like I'd I'd wake up at like one in the morning and my heart would just be like pounding and racing and I was like holy shit like yeah it was kind of like for a guy and I'm like I'm doing everything right like I'm doing everything that you're supposed to do to be healthy I'm I've got the diet dialed and obviously for, for the performance side I you know I just eat clean I exercise like and this is back then is what I understood was what you do to be healthy there isn't any other aspects that back in my mind back then sort of thing and so I was quite puzzled. So I did the natural thing. I went to the GP and I was like, man, I can't sleep. Like, it's starting to wreck me. I can't even, like, concentrate during the day. They just threw the um, cocktail of prescription drugs at me, off-label ones and all sorts. So, Really? Yeah, and it, it, it destroyed me. It's because we're talking, they're throwing antipsychotic medication, antidepressants, all these, like, wow. off, off-label sedating drugs. And... Um, What it did to me is it absolutely sedated me, but it didn't give me the restorative and restful sleep I needed. So I actually felt worse on these things. Wow. And so that went on for quite a while. So during this time, things started to degrade my health. I had to exit powerlifting within the space of like six months. I couldn't keep that up. Um, I was just keeping my new job together sort of thing. Haven't made any connection yet about what's going on. I got to the point and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to like fire my GP because this is like literally not working. And I sort of thought to myself, you know, I'm a problem solver. That's what I do in my job. Let's like apply logical analytical thinking to work out what's going wrong here because the band-aid approach of like, I've got a problem. How do we band-aid the solution? Isn't going to ultimately fix this. We need to try and do some like root cause analysis. And so for me, I sort of looked and said, well, what changed when this started? And the, the light bulb moment, no, sort of no pun there, but was like all of the light in the environment I'm in, I'm never outside anymore, I'm inside, I'm on screens, under lighting, there's no natural light exposure happening at all, at night, during the day, in the gym. And then I just thought, let's just, let's just dig into that a bit. And I came across the work of a um, neurosurgeon in the US called uh, Jack Cruz. And he had some really interesting theories on how light is fundamental like to human biology and governs most of the things that drive health for us and um, a big quote of his I remember it was like because this is kind of like when the paleo movement was starting back then and he was just slamming these guys because he's like these are like the diet gurus and they don't understand health like you can't fix like an ultimate health problem with diet so he was like health is about like light, not food was a quote, mm. and it just stuck with me. And I was like, well, because I'm doing all the food things, right? You know, I'm into the bulletproof coffees and all the, you know, this yeah, is yeah. when all this started and I'm, I'm following all that. And I'm like, yeah. maybe I'm not doing it good enough. Maybe I need to be more stricter, you know? Yeah. And yeah, so I, his work is really hard to digest. It's like next level, like research, biology, like you need to read and reread it and then try to like extract parts of it. But what I got from it was the basics of like blue light and how that could be a problem, which is essentially what's emitted from most of our artificial light sources. So I thought I would test the theory and um, I found you could buy like these safety glasses online. There's a specific model of safety glasses that blocked like 99% of blue light. And I think I had to get them from the US. I couldn't find them anywhere in Australia at the time. So ordered those in. I was like, let's just, let's just test the theory and um, started putting those on. A little bit in the office every now and then, not, really, as not that's all. Really, brave. Oh man, I was like desperation, I right? Guess you would yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Like I was like I'm barely hanging on by a thread just to perform at work, and um, it was like almost like an instant relief. And mm. it was a slow recovery back from like to undo the circadian rhythm disruption that I'd been through, but. Within the space of a a couple months, I was getting back to that good restorative sleep. And I was just like, holy shit, why is no one talking about this? Why did I have to dig through so much stuff and like try and unravel this guy who's got all this knowledge's kind of interpretation of it to understand that's the problem? Mm. And so I was like, I've got to do something. I can't just like keep this to myself. So that was essentially how the business started. I was like, just gonna import those glasses and sell them, and uh, let's see who wants to buy them. Yeah, <laughs> no one really wanted to buy them to start with. I'm gonna be honest. It was a. You even just think like eight years ago, right? Like how, how many people had a smartphone, a tablet? It was very rare. It wasn't the LED lights weren't in the homes. Yet. it was. You know, it was only kind of at the infancy
0: of that digital age of devices. I think also um, the health environment has come a long way in the last eight to 10 years as well. I mm. think more people are far more conscious of their health these days than they probably were eight to 10 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So the business came from a necessity for you, for your own personal health. Can you give us a bit of a crash course into what actually Blue Light is and how it affects us? Yeah, sure. So you can
1: kind of define blue light in two ways. You've got got natural blue light that's emitted from the sun, so we're exposed to it every day in nature. That kind of blue light is, is what we call full-spectrum light, so it's balanced with all the other colours of the rainbow, and generally that's good for us. We want to be exposed to that. But the blue light we're more concerned with is what we'd call artificial blue light, and so that's generally coming from most LED light sources, screens, TVs, overhead lighting, any kind of device, they emit very, very narrow spectrum and very intense levels of blue light without all the other colours. So So, without the balance. Yeah. So blue light can kind of be interpreted as white light. It's the same thing. That's how white light is created. So most screens are bright and white. Yeah. It's predominantly you've got a very narrow band of blue light without any reds or yellows. Maybe there's a little bit of green in there. And ultimately, when you look at light, blue light is a very short wavelength. So you can measure light nanometers, which is wavelengths, and blue light sits right down in the short wavelength end. So that means it's got higher energy in it. So blue light has the ability to penetrate the skin and the eyes a lot more with the energy because of the shorter wavelengths than the longer longer wavelengths. So that's ultimately what the problem with the artificial blue light is. It's isolated, narrow-spectrum, And because of that, we're using the short wavelengths, which are a problem. blue light in nature is not a problem. That's kind of a lot of the criticism we might get, the naysayers online, like, why would I block blue light? It's everywhere in nature, you know? The sun is, and it's like, you've got to apply it in context though, right? It's not just a blanket, blue light is good or blue light is bad, it's like...
0: It depends. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, it's like anything really, you know, you t- talk about inflammation, people are like, hey, you've got to try and reduce inflammation because it's the worst thing in the world. But it's like, well, in some circumstances, inflammation is actually really beneficial mm. for us. Building muscle or something, you need a bit of inflammation to then help stimulate that muscle growth. Um, sorry, that was a little bit off topic. <laughs> but I was trying to get a bit of context. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, is it possible to then make screens and tablets and stuff that do have more balanced light, or is it just not possible because you need the brightness of that white light, you know, for the blue light to come through so you can see it better and it's more vibrant? Yeah, good question.
1: Like, I think why they use primarily the blue light wavelengths in a screen is it's how LEDs are created. So ultimately what they do is they use a pure blue LED because of the energy efficiency it has. That's how we get energy efficiency. Yeah. And then they pass it through phosphorus. using phosphorus, that alter that light to make it white. Mm. So the source LED is that blue. That's kind of the problem. Technically, it's possible to create balanced LEDs. We've done it in light bulbs. We've done it in lighting. That's what we're trying to take on the world with, like, literally healthier full-spectrum, light-the-sun type lighting. doesn't exist in screens.
0: Oh.
1: Manufacturers have recognized the blue light problem in a way. So you'll notice Apple's got night shift mode. There's... Microsoft, these like modes that will reduce the blue light. Um, it won't create a balanced spectrum. It will just bring that blue light down. You'll kind of see your screen goes like a yellowy hue. Yeah. The problem with that is it doesn't eliminate the blue light. We've t- we've got all the devices to test it. It's a it's a good start. It certainly is a good start, but it's like back to your question is, uh, can they create a balanced like the sun blue light? To date, I haven't seen the technology
0: that exists to do it. Mm. So what are the ways in which blue light, or the imbalance of blue light, I guess, like you know, the getting too much blue light? How is it affecting us physiologically? In a lot of ways, right? <laughs> so we can I'll, I'll break down the basics of it. There's
1: kind of two main issues we look at with blue light. So we'll start with the one that affected me the most, which was sleep. And at night, what I alluded to before is like you know, light governs a lot of our biology and our hormones. So blue light. Being emitted from the sun is biologically, we're we're wired to receive blue light during the day. It's mainly taken in through the eyes. There's receptors in our eyes that aren't related to vision. So we've got our rods and cones in our eyes. They allow us to see. They send signals for vision. And then actually, I think it was only in like 1998, so not that long ago, uh, you know, when we look at science and research, they discovered there was other receptors in the eyes that weren't related to vision. And these are called like melanopsin receptors. So um, melanopsin receptors are activated primarily through blue light. And what that does is they they get activated in the presence of blue light, e.g. the sun, and they send a signal through the optic nerve to the brain, and there's a part of the brain called the SCN, and that's our kind of our, it's like our clock. It's a master clock of the brain that tells the body and all the functions what time of the day it is. It needs its own clock to regulate hormones, neurotransmitters, all sorts of functions in the body. So the blue light from the sun activates the melanopsin, tells the SCN, the brain, what time of the day it is, so it can then control Different biological functions based on the time of the day. So, when you apply that to receiving blue light at night, your brain or the SEN doesn't understand the difference between blue light from the sun and blue light from a screen. The melanopsin receptors are activated, they send a signal to the brain, and it probably thinks, shit, that the spectrum I'm receiving in is probably around, normally around midday sun. So, it goes, cool, it's midday. Now, what that means from like a hormonal standpoint is, your SCN, your brain, will instruct the body to produce wakefulness hormones. So you've got cortisol, you've got adrenaline. These are the two major ones that will be activated through this. Those are kind of deemed like stress hormones in the right quantities that are actually required during the day, right? Cortisol and adrenaline will make you awake, keep you alert during the day. But if you start to receive those at night time, you're essentially getting this daytime signal at night, those hormones will remain elevated. And what will happen is, the counter-hormones or the like, the relaxing hormones, the inhibitory hormones, which is like the main one we are focused on is melatonin. So melatonin is your sleep hormone. That will stay suppressed. You can't have high cortisol and high melatonin at the same time. The, the two hormones counter each other. So once when the body or the brain floods with cortisol, that counteracts any melatonin. So a good way to think of that is like if you're groggy and tired in the morning when you wake up, you've probably still got quite a lot of melatonin left in the blood. If you go outside and get a dose of blue light, that will send a spike of cortisol through the system which will clear that melatonin out and you'll kind of start to wake up. Could you also just look at a screen, a blue light screen at that time of day or is it you could? And this is this is one of the <laughs> kind of the half-ass remedies that exist for this, which is like the, you know, the wake boxes or these wake lights. So what the idea with them is you look at these bright blue lights in the morning and it wakes you up. Now the issue with that is is the spectrum I talked about. It's not full spectrum. It's a very narrow, very high amount of blue. And now the levels of blue you're getting there is like the levels of blue you get at midday. Mm. So you go from a sleep to your the clock in your brain going, Oh, it's nighttime. The absence of blue light told the brain, it's nighttime, too. first thing in the morning, huge big blast of this blue light from an artificial source. It goes, oh, shit, it's midday. Let's skip all those processes I was supposed to do from 7 a.m. till midday, and now I'm going to kind of kickstart into there. And so, again, messes with the hormonal profiles of, of your cortisol, of your adrenaline, it probably will spike them quite high, quite quickly, versus like if you go outside and get morning sun, there's a lot of infrared light in there. There's there's a lot of reds and oranges. That's kind of why you have a sunrise that's a lot more of a warmer colour. And then the blues are in there, but they, aren't, they kind of start to introduce slowly throughout the day and then they kind of peak around midday and they start to come back down again. Our brain is taking in those different frequencies of light in the quantities they're in to tell the brain what
0: time of the day it is. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it just it makes you sort of think about how we have evolved so closely with nature and that the sun governs all of our functions of our body every day um, and the timings of when they turn on and turn off. Hello, jumping in again. Um, just a little moment to talk about one of our sponsors, Mitchell's Nutrition and specifically their bone broth protein powder. Because if you want to up your protein intake, you want to nourish your gut and support your skin, muscles and joints in one easy and delicious protein powder, I reckon this is probably the one for you. Mitchell's Nutrition was born out of a search for ways to support the body's natural healing abilities and optimize daily performance. Their mission is to elevate the standard of mental and physical well-being of Kiwis so that they can keep doing the things they love for as long as possible. Their bone broth protein powder is dairy free, gluten free, legume and grain free, low in sugar, and boasts a 100% natural occurring full amino acid profile. It's seriously a very high quality protein powder and I absolutely love it. Using a traditional slow cooking technique to extract the goodness from 100% grass fed New Zealand beef bones before stirring in some natural flavor and monk fruit. That is all it is, there's nothing else and I love that. Mitchell's Nutrition has a very, uh, very high commitment to their transparency. What you see is what you get. Now, being the first of its kind here in New Zealand, being a bone broth protein powder, you might be wondering what the taste is like. And I've got to say, it's the best tasting protein powder I've ever tasted. I have the vanilla one every day and it tastes like a vanilla milkshake without a word of a lie. So if you're interested to learn more, check the show notes. Now back to the podcast. Like how then does it work for turning on the nighttime sleepy function? Like the blue light's kind of like the waking up. Naturally, we sort of see that in the morning and stuff like that. Then what about at the end of the day? Is it a different frequency of light that you that kind of triggers you to go into that sort of rest state? Or is it just the absence of blue light that triggers that?
1: Most people would think you do a bit of research and you'd think, yep, cool, it's just the absence of blue light, right? So which makes sense, but it's actually not that simple. Yes, that's part of the equation is if we follow the kind of light cycles of nature, the sun would set and then let's kind of look at that evolution of humans and kind of where we've got our biology from. A fire would be used at night, so that's red and orange light. There's no blue or green in it. So that's kind of what we're wired to see, not from overhead as well. A fire is normally down at either eye level or below. So there is some kind of light cues around seeing that those orange-red hues that will trigger a relaxation response, but what's actually going on from the main biology standpoint is, yes, the absence of blue light will tell the brain it's time, because blue light's keeping your cortisol elevated, it will start to drop down, and it will allow for the melatonin to increase. Now, that's not as simple as that, because it's actually more important what you do during the daytime, because melatonin is actually synthesized through serotonin. So you need to follow the chain back to understand, well, how am I going to get optimal melatonin? Yes, I'm going to allow the brain to drop the cortisol to let the melatonin rise, but what do I need to ensure I actually even have the building blocks for optimal melatonin? And that's serotonin. Now, serotonin is interesting because that is activated <laughs> through blue light, natural blue light from the sun and infrared light. So... Getting outside during the day, getting exposure to blue light and infrared light, near-infrared light is the main one there, will increase your serotonin levels or increase your dopamine levels as well. So these, these are mood-regulating hormones as well. So you ever think why people feel like nice and, and they feel good when they go outside and get sun? Well, that's a key element is the serotonin and dopamine pathways in your brain. But what you're trying to do there isn't from the blue light sleep melatonin point of view is you need to make sure you've got optimal serotonin levels. If you've got low serotonin and then you block all the blue light at night, how's the body supposed
0: to convert nothing to melatonin? So if you were to just wear blue light blocking glasses 24-7, it, it just wouldn't work because yeah. you need that serotonin which you get from the blue light. Yeah, naturals. natural blue light. You can't
1: just sit there in front of your screen and go, you yeah. know, bathe in front of it and expect that to work. That will actually... That's an issue discussion around dopamine and serotonin and how that actually affects that even more. But this is a big thing where we see we see customers that will buy the glasses from us because they've heard they need to block blue light at night. And they may come back to us and say, "I'm doing everything to a T, and it, I'm still sleeping like shit." And and then so the questions sort of come up. Well, what are you doing during the daytime? Mm. Oh, well, I'm inside all day, and I don't even go outside, and I'm you know curtains are closed, and I'm too tired to go outside or whatever. And it's like, well. There's your problem. It's a gl- these glasses aren't like a magical, going to solve all the issues. You need to actually start aligning your habits and how you go about your daily life
0: somewhat in line with nature's light cycles. Mm. Yeah. When in the day do you need to get outside and see that natural blue light coming from the sun to make sure that you're going to then be producing serotonin to then produce melatonin to then get yourself <laughs> to sleep at night? Yeah,
1: so... The most important time is the morning because that anchors your circadian rhythm. It's like a reset on the brain every day. And if you can do that consistently, the body builds habits. And it just understands gold, cool, blue light in the morning, from the sun, that means it's time to start the day. There's lots of infrared light in the morning spectrum. So again, that there's research on the near-infrared increasing serotonin. And there's actually that's why there's actually like... The research looking at red light therapy, which we can talk about later, and how that actually helps with sleep. It's through the serotonin pathways. So, ultimately, yes, the mornings are most important, but it's a tricky one because, like, we live in a modern world, right? It's like, we can't, like, here's the optimal. We could just go back to caveman days and all live outside 24 7 and live by fire and just bathe in the sun all day, but it's not practical. So, I guess it's looking at ways to, for it to have enough of an effect, but to go about your daily life. So in the morning, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you can do is really, really good. Even if it's cloudy, it doesn't matter. Those wavelengths are still there. Oh, really? So it's just as powerful through cloud? It's powerful enough. Obviously, okay. the lux yeah. level or the brightness of the light is impaired through clouds, but it's still enough to do what it needs to do because you just, you can just compare. So lux is like a, a measurement of brightness. So inside, the typical lux level is uh, 500 lux. On a cloudy day outside, it can be 10,000. On a sunny day, it could be fifty 000 to 60,000. So even on those cloudy days, you're getting way more intensity of light than you are getting inside. But then during the day, it's really good to get out. So like one thing we kind of recommend to people that are working, like if you're working in an office and you've got a boss wherever you know, people can take smoke breaks. You're just taking a light break. You want to go outside, like mm. just to get some light. Like, That's five, a great way to yeah, look at it. Yeah, so like five minutes, 10 minutes during the day, just checking that midday. Midday sun is still very good. The caveat to that is making sure, obviously, you build up tolerance to the sun. The UV light in summer can be, if you don't have a tolerance to that to that sun, it can always be quite damaging, but it is very, very beneficial if, as long as you've built up a solar, like what we call a solar callus, which is to take in that UV light without having it cause sunburn and skin damage.
0: Right, and that, so solar callus, is that pretty much like tan?
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah. So that's the skin's response to UV light is tanning, which is increasing melanin in your skin, which actually slows the absorption of UV light down. So a tan person, a darker-skinned person, won't absorb as much UV light because that's a defense mechanism. So if you look at evolution, races that were closer to the equator have darker skin to slow down the absorption of UV light. Mm. So if you can naturally build up that, then you can stay outside and not get burnt because you're not absorbing the UV light as much.
0: So you talk about the UV light being absorbed. Because you're saying, you know, you absorb it through your melan receptors. Melanopsin receptors. Melanopsin receptors through the eyes, right? But now you're talking about the skin. So I'm aware we have photoreceptors in our skin. Is that what you're saying? That those also can sense the blue light and all the different light wavelengths and then help to do the same thing as the Yeah, so that's eyes. actually
1: that's interesting because this is this is quite new research. So how the skin interacts with UV light has been known for a long, long time, like around the tanning and melanin, which is the tanning pigment in your skin. But in, 2000, I think it was 2007, there's a piece of research that looked at the skin and they found the same photoreceptors of melanopsin that are in the eyes are in the skin. And so those receptors only respond to those the blue light wavelengths, not the UV. So there's other receptors in the skin that are responding to the UV. So they were looking at what are these receptors doing there. So then ultimately it was concluding that the skin has a circadian rhythm. Has its own, It has its own clock. Now, it hasn't been widely studied enough to go, what is the impact of that on your master circadian rhythm? Like, does it have an impact? Well, the conclusions or the hypothesis is yes, it does because the skin is checking in, those receptors are being activated. Now, it's not like a direct optic nerve into the brain, but there are pathways of the skin that will eventually make its way up to the brain to give signals to the master clock. But it, there certainly is more localised effects with the skin. So the skin operates on a 24-hour cycle, but based on light as well. So what's supposed to happen, for example, at nighttime, the skin shouldn't be getting exposed to blue light, that then triggers the skin to undergo its own repair mechanisms at night. So things like collagen production should increase. It should repair any DNA damage that's happened to the skin. So what happens if we continue to bathe the skin in blue light? Those processes don't happen or they get delayed or then an accumulative effect over time is like, essentially like the housekeeping for the skin isn't happening because of the dysregulated light cycles.
0: So do you try and wear long sleeve tops and, and pants at night now? I don't need to, no. Why not? I
1: used to, yes, when when I was just wearing my awesome safety glasses. But we're kind of like about maybe like two years into the business. I kind of had this like aha moment. I was like, cool. i was like we're selling these glasses. They're filtering out all the all the light from the screens and everything. But then I kind of was like looking up at our main light sources. I was going, well, this is actually the biggest exposure at night we get. No one lives in the dark. Everyone turns all their lights on in their home at night. Why filter it? Why not stop it? altogether at the source you know that was kind of a a thought and I was like maybe we should try and look at like I have no clue how to make light bulbs but maybe we should try (laughs) so so yeah that was kind of like that's the big one like if you can pretty much use a light source at night that doesn't emit blue light then you don't need to sit there and try and put on the skivvies and maybe a full face mask. <laughs> like I probably did back in the day. You have a, have a you know, I was like, oh, yeah, no, nah. because I like blew light on the thyroid as well and, yeah, all this sort of stuff. But if I was to sit there and look at the biggest problem of artificial exposure at night, it's going to be mainly the overhead lighting in your home. The screens and everything is certainly a problem. I don't want to say that we should ignore that part. But one of the biggest impacts, right? If you could just change all the lights in your home, everyone in that household benefits instantly. Mm. It's not like, oh, everyone put on your glasses because the alley you know, your LED lights are on. So we've literally like been in the lighting space for like three years now, like R and D just big time and trying to work out how to create these optimal lighting for the day and for the night, sort of thing. So we can kind of we kind of use the, the term like bring the outdoors inside. It's not perfect, but like how can we kind of replicate it as much as possible to almost mitigate those harmful effects while trying to bring in some of the beneficial effects of being outside. You'll never replace it ever. There's nothing that's ever going to replace that, but we can kind of try to swing it in the right direction.
0: From a, yeah, like a practical sense, what sort of light is it like? Is it, is it like an orange kind of hued? Light? Like what's it like the day your day bulb versus your night bulb? How's it all work?
1: Yeah, so in the night, if you think about like the like warm white LEDs, which is like a bit warmer than your typical kind of white LEDs, yeah. it's warmer than that. Because they've yeah. still got plenty of blue light in the warm whites. That's actually a common like people trying to myth bust us and say, oh, you know, I just use warm white LEDs and that why would I buy yours? And it's like, well, actually if you actually get a spectral analysis and have a proper spectrometer to actually test this it's still got a huge spike in blue light it is down a bit but it's like it does like it's enough to initiate that cortisol response anyway Mm. like it's a warm amber hue it's really really quite warm initially when someone would use them they'd be like well this is this is a bit different but it kind of becomes the normal it's like most things like that, disrupt a normal routine for someone it's like a bit of a like resistance or this is weird but then Within a week or so, it's like we see it all the time, it's like the converter converted to it. It's like, whoa, these are actually really relaxing to be under. Like I never knew I was being stimulated from my light at night. People are like, oh, I always thought I was like a night owl. I used to stay awake till like midnight. It's like, well, you're being artificially injected with blue light to keep you awake till then. <laughs> and it's like now they're like, I'm going to bed at night, which makes more sense, right? The sun the sun sets within
0: a few hours. We should be naturally falling tired and then going to sleep yeah that's an interesting point I've um I've noticed that quite a bit just recently the sun would go down winterish times it's like you know it's dark at like 6 30 ish or whatever and I'm putting my kids to bed at the same time and I'll be like reading them a story or maybe even just lying with them in bed and I'm like (laughs) full on (laughs) trying to stay awake because my body you know because we've we will have like turned pretty much all the lights down and everything as well to help the kids get ready for bed, and um, yeah, and obviously my body's like you know this is probably when when my body wants to go to sleep is when the sun's going down. Yeah. Another thing I've tried to do <laughs> in, in our household, I was like right, you know I want to like really just get rid of blue light, so at night time. So I'm like right, Maddie, Maddie my wife. We're gonna just use candlelight. Yeah, and so we tried it for oh, maybe like three or four nights. I mean, it was it was great. It was very romantic, but my wife just hated it. I couldn't stand it. So um, we gave up on that. Do you ever like? I've also got this other fantasy that I just want to like. I want to go somewhere and I just want to live without power and just live by daylight for a while and just see what would happen to my body. You know, yeah. how much sleep would I actually get? Yeah, I think my body probably needs more sleep than I'm getting. And it would just be great to try and sync in with nature and just let my body do whatever it actually naturally felt like doing in accordance with light. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually, like, there is a bit of research around, like, camping mm. and, like,
1: people going, like, full-blown camping, not, like, the campground because, like, it's just full of, like, floodlights everywhere, but, like, how quickly your circadian rhythm just comes into alignment with the sun, right? And that changes throughout the years, uh, throughout the season, sorry. So, like we're actually <laughs> biologically wired to get a lot more sleep during wintertime.
0: Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's a mild form of hibernation for humans. Like it's the, the repair, the slowing down and taking longer rest periods. And then in, in summer, well, as if it's not getting dark till like 9 p.m., well, you shouldn't
0: be going to bed it <laughs> before that, and it's getting lighter earlier. So the light cycles are shor- shorter. Mm. I've got a little theory about that. Um, this is based on absolutely no science at all, but maybe there's a like a relationship between sleep and vitamin D. You know, like like you said, we need more sleep in winter, um, because we don't get as, mu- as much vitamin D. So I feel like that's kind of like helping with that recovery, repair, keeping you well, fighting off sickness and stuff like that. Because we don't not getting as much vitamin D. Then comes summertime, we're getting way more vitamin D naturally, a lot more sunlight. So then we maybe don't need as much sleep because the vitamin D is kind of looking after us. You know? Yep. Yep, don't know. If that, I'm just making that up. <laughs> I, I, I do think that it, you know, there's probably some sort of plausible. Relationship. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, we go. Plausible. Yeah, yeah. That's good enough yeah. for me. Okay, so let's. I'm keen to talk about your. Um, I'm just keen to talk about blue light blocking glasses because there's there are heaps out there on the market. You know, like what's good, what's bad. Mm. There are some that are pretty much clear lenses that you can get from your optometrists and they've got like this blue kind of sparkly sheen to them um, and they're yeah. like oh yeah that's blue light blocking yeah. so you know, that, that'll, yeah. that'll keep you safe I've got a pair of them which I got, I, I got well that was just an option from the optometrist so I thought you know why not but I haven't really noticed any difference um, through when you look at them it's no, no uh, they're Colour doesn't look anything Any different And then there's the other end Of the spectrum Which is like I got a pair of your Like very early glasses I think like so, when you, Probably when you first started Yeah one of the OG ones And they were like A pair of welding glasses <laughs> Pretty much And I, I still got them I yeah, love them yeah, Like yeah. I've uh, We were in touch a while ago And you're like you should try some of the new ones and yeah. I'm like, I was like To be honest man Like I actually really like The big welding glass look um, Just because it like Wraps around my face yeah, it yeah. covers as yeah. much Of my vision as possible So like, I, quite, I quite like that But I don't wear them in public public for sure i don't wear those no, ones in public why not <laughs> i mean you wore ski goggles right yeah, yeah. um okay so let's talk about glasses um how do they all work and what's different about them
1: yep first of all yeah i was like when i i sent you those the updated style ones and then then i think it was like a couple months later i think i saw you on instagram on a story and i was like fuck he's still wearing those. come on man like, <laughs>
0: I, I was like you're not selling it for me man like,
1: <laughs> yeah do you still sell those ones no We do, we do. You do? do. Yeah, we do, we do. We do sell them because they're a good entry-level set. And I I looked at it and I've always been like, I always put myself back in the shoes I was in back then. And it's like, if you just want to like dip your toes in the water or you just – Maybe you've got a budget constraint. They're like 40 bucks, And so, like, from a business point of view, it doesn't make any sense to sell them. But, like, from a personal point of view, I just have them there still. So we still sell them. They're still really effective. But, yeah, they're not going to win any style awards. That's... Uh, <laughs> um, what was the question? So the so, question
0: was, I, I'm keen to know what... Like, there are so many different blue light blocking yeah, glasses yeah. out there. What are the ones that actually work... What are the ones that are just... Yeah,
1: okay, good question. This is becoming more of a problem as like we've kind of, even like a couple of years ago, like this blue light glasses kind of fad. So everyone's kind of jumping on the bandwagon. The dropshippers going to China sort of thing and you're getting ones like you've seen with this though. Reflection on them, and yeah. you're know, like, oh yeah, these must be. Yeah, like I can see the blue light reflecting, they're working. So it's quite interesting, actually. We got contacted by FearGo <laughs> um, last year. You know, I just received this call. and I'm like, oh shit, have we like defrauded? Are <laughs> they like, coming after me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it was like honestly, I was like, it was the first thing. But they're like, no, no, no. Like we see that you're like an authority in the space. We want to test all these other glasses. Like you know, we're going to get a pair from Glassons. So we're going to test like the twenty dollar pair, the ten dollar pair and you're, like, $120 pair, and we're going to go to, like, the University of Auckland and use some, like, professional... And I was like, oh, shit, I better... <laughs> Hopefully mine, like, stack up. But, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. You can actually view that online, and, yeah, I was just blew them out of the park. The problem is that it's really hard to know. So, first of all, an easy thing to
0: bust is if it's clear... At all. It ain't gonna do anything for your sleep at night. So You've a, just you've just upset a whole lot of people that wanted to have blue light blocking glasses but didn't want people to know that they were wearing blue yeah. light blocking glasses. So pretty much if like and a lot of them will be
1: like, yeah, it claims better sleep and stuff. There's no possible way. So that's the easy way to tell is like, okay, I got these for sleep at night. Unless they're like an orange or a red tint, they ain't gonna do anything. So that that's the first one. Where it comes a problem is during the daytime because we haven't talked too much about why you'd use blue light glasses during the daytime and that's kind of more becoming quite a common reason is because of the screen time people are on screens all day they're under lighting all day and they're getting too much blue light so it's dialing up that adrenaline and cortisol too much and it's putting us into a state of like and which is when you're like wired and it can give you like anxiety and headaches migraines eye strain all these are symptoms of too much blue light And it's because it's like that isolated, narrow bandwidth of it. So what the idea with a set of daytime glasses is supposed to bring, just bring the levels down, not eliminate it. Because if you eliminated blue light, well, then you'd be telling your brain it's nighttime during the daytime, circadian rhythm mismatch, like start falling asleep at your desk sort of thing. And then like when it actually is nighttime, your, your body was like, but wasn't it nighttime like eight hours ago? So now it's like daytime. So it just creates a mess. So the idea is bring it down to more balanced levels. Was balanced as you can kind of get it. Now, a typical set of clear lens glasses, and we've, we've got all the, so we've had to invest in these these devices to do all this testing so we can actually test all our lenses and modify them and make sure that we can stand by our claims. But most typical clear lens ones will reduce maybe like 5 to 10% of blue light and they'll block 100% of UV light and that's a great marketing claim. The problem is, is UV light isn't the problem. You're indoors. UV lights out, so it's. I just don't even understand what's going on. Like it's, <laughs> it's brilliant, and and they'll give you these little these little pins, like a laser pointer pin, pl- and they'll shine it at their clear lens, and it won't come through the other side. It must be blocking blue light. Oh, it's great, you know. They even include it with the glasses, so you can do your own testing. So we actually grabbed. I actually grabbed one because I was quite intrigued to understand what was going on there. I was like, how can a clear lens completely eliminate it? It's it. From a physics point of view makes no sense, right? So we actually tested the light and it's it's violet light. It's not blue, it's violet. So it's kind of a purpley blue, which is violet. and yeah, cool. well, great, you've eliminated violet light, but your screens, your lighting doesn't emit any of that. So what is it really doing <laughs> is the question. So we have a clearish looking lens. We don't have a clear lens, it's clearish. we call it a clear lens just to so people can identify with it. What does it look like? When you look at it, it almost looks like a normal set of glasses, but there's a kind of a faint tint inside it, very really faint, but like yellow or orange or like real faint yellow, like oh. not even yellow, it's just it's got pigmentation inside there. Mm. So it kind of just alters a bit, but it doesn't alter color perception. You could wear them in the office, people wouldn't understand that the blue light glasses. But what they do instead is instead of having this coating on the outside that reflects all the, the UV and violet light and a tiny portion of the blue the pigments inside the lens actually absorb the light as it passes through. So we can actually absorb, in our clear lens, 50% of the blue light across the whole spectrum. So that brings everything down properly to levels that you would want to be exposed to during the day. The problem you've got is no one can really test that. Like, no one's going to go out and spend $4,000 on a spectrometer to go and test their $20 set of blue light glasses. So... Hmm. That's where, I guess, marketers and dropshippers have thrived in this niche is because anyone can slap a set on there, include a little pen, have a good reflection of blue light, and say these are going to save your eyes and they're going to help with your sleep. Mm. When people report benefits, I really wonder if it's the placebo effect. Like the physics of what's created and the science doesn't align to actually them
0: having any benefit. So. Yeah. Okay, so you want to get some glasses for during the day if you're looking at screens all the time or you're inside that are blocking 50% of Mm -hmm. the blue light that's being emitted off your screens. And then you'd want to put on some blue light blocking glasses, some like orange tint scenarios when the sun is going down. There's no hard set rule here. Again, I guess it comes down to like how
1: fanatic you want to be about it. but a good rule is like the sun's set it's we've only just gone into darkness a good habit is to put the glasses on then mm-hmm. so that should change throughout the year yeah you can play around with it you can kind of use it to almost like manipulate your sleep a bit like I need to go to bed early tonight for example so you could actually put the on an hour before the sun sets because then it's going to make you tired and push mm. so you get like but in general the rule is like the sun is setting is it dark outside
0: yeah it's dark outside it should be on yeah Alrighty, as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, Bliss Probiotics is one of our sponsors for this episode, so I thought I'd just let you know a little bit more about what they do, who they are, and and why I think they're so good. So Bliss Probiotics, they help to support your immune system. They're unlike most probiotics that target the gut. Bliss Probiotics specifically target the mouth and the throat, which is, you know, that's essentially, it's the gateway to your body. So they stop the bad bacteria up in the mouth and throat before it gets a chance to get inside you and start making you sick because there are so many things that make you sick these days. And there's so many illnesses, there's so many viruses. It's been a long winter. And so I'm always interested to find different ways in which I can help keep myself and my family well. And Bliss Probiotics is one of the things that we do. We take lozenges every day as a preventative measure to support our immunity, keep ourselves healthy. Because at the end of the day, who wants to be sick? I know I don't want to be sick, and I don't want a sick family. I don't want sick kids. We just take, uh, take one lozenge a day. They taste delicious. My son loves them. He's always asking for his lozenge in the morning. So take Bliss Probiotics to increase your good bacteria in your mouth and your throat, maintain good health, and protect your family against chills and colds. I also love that they're backed by science and made locally in Dunedin. So if you're interested to learn more, check out the show notes for a direct link to their website, and you can have a look for yourself and learn more and see how you can get yourself some if you're interested. And now, back to the chat. What about different apps and programs that you can have on your computers and phones and stuff that are meant to be doing the same thing, you know, blocking the blue light?
1: We've looked into these because yeah. we were kind of interested to see what was going on with yeah. them. Yeah,
0: a couple that I know of are like Flux yep. and Iris. Yeah. Are they, they... are they like the two main ones or yeah, are yeah. others?
1: So f- yeah, so Flux is the free one. Iris is a, has a little bit of a cost. It's a little bit better. I personally use Iris on okay. my computer. Um, it helps with flicker, which is another issue of light. They do a good job at reducing the blue light. One problem you've got is you don't know by how much. It doesn't tell you. There's no feedback mechanism to say, yep, you've eliminated this much or that much. The main issue is called LED backlight bleed. So because the LED's in the screen, you're just manipulating the color profile on the screen. So you can kind of sit like, I've seen pictures before. You kind of, like when a screen's on, right, and it's black, you can still tell it's on. It's kind of got like a little Mm. bit of a white to it, yeah, and that's because the LED lights behind the manipulated the color profile is still on. So there's a bit of blue light that gets still through. So you can't actually eliminate blue light with these apps. You can reduce it, and the question is, is like, where do you dial the lever to know when it's by how much? It doesn't tell you that. So well, I I don't say don't use them. We I use them because they're really handy. They're actually handy for the daytime, because like I said, you want to try to bring down those levels, so your screen should have a bit of an, like a like a yellow hue to it. If you can use those apps to manipulate it, you're going to lower the detrimental effects you're getting during the day from blue light. So not so much of a problem during the daytime if you can use those apps. Nighttime is where like the LED backlight bleed will be a problem, and the only way you can kind of be more certain is if you've got a set of the glasses on that you know have been verified to actually remove the spectrums.
0: Mm. Yeah, okay, that that makes sense. Okay, what about people that are living the life that you used to live and they're in an office uh, a lot of the time? They're in front of screens, they're under, you know, LED lights and stuff. What would you recommend they do to try and mitigate some of this blue light stuff? Like, you know, from the time they wake up in the morning till when they go to bed at night? It's the low hanging fruit,
1: first of all. It's like, do your best to, to try and align your light cycle. So, trying to get outside in the morning is quite important, and then just maybe one or two times from the day, not long. Oh, can you get it through your windows or do you have to be actually outside? (laughs) So infrared light is blocked through windows. So, and I think UVB is blocked as well. So UVB is actually what synthesizes vitamin D, so you can't get vitamin D through a window. UVA is what burns your skin, so you've got concentrate. That's why people get more burnt through glass. Oh, right. So blue light and... So
0: glass, you get burnt, but you don't get vitamin D, so you get all of the bad, but none of the good. Correct,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. that's why we actually say make sure you're getting unfiltered natural light because glass filters the light. It removes them for red spectrum. The visible light spectrum of blue does come
0: through. But like we talked about, you want the balance. Hmm. You want that natural light. and yeah. um perfect balance. Okay, so they're getting outside. They're getting light in the morning. They're trying to get as much light, natural light, throughout the day. So like probably taking these light breaks. Yep. Yeah. Ideally, they're using some sort of program on their screen. Yep. And they're using daytime... Blue light blocking glasses.
1: That do a minimum of 50% reduction. Sure, of 50%. If we're talking the typical office, which is yeah. probably
0: going to have your big fluorescent
1: tubes or some kind of big LED lighting, so you mitigated the screen with the software, but you haven't mitigated most of the the office lighting, mm. you need a set of glasses for that. It's, it's quite interesting. Um, I used to work in a modern building a couple of years ago, and um, these new modern workplaces are real, like, Cool strip lighting LEDs everywhere, and it's like this bright white light. And I was just like, it gave me anxiety just like looking at it. I was like, holy shit! Like, and I'm <laughs> sitting here with my glasses on. Everyone's like walking past my because it's like a big open plan office, and they're like walking past my like something wrong with your screens? Like, why are they all like yellow? I'm like, there's nothing wrong with my screens, man. <laughs> but it was quite interesting because this company was really like health and well being, like putting like the the staff's health as focus because obviously you. Yeah, Healthy st- workforce is a productive workforce. So that was really cool and really forward thinking. So I actually went to the, the HR department and I said, can we do a because te- also with this building, huge big glass windows either side, natural light, but they, everyone put the blinds down. Oh, all the time. right, yeah. I was like, can we do an experiment here? Can we turn off all these massive long strip lights of LEDs and just like use the natural light and then run a survey and see what people think? So, I think they did two weeks and then those lights never. Well, since I when I was there for the time I was there, those lights never came back on. Everyone was like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, no, nah. like people didn't actually realize that they were getting headaches and migraines. It's like they just so just, it's become like the normal, that's the light you're getting exposed to, sort of mm. thing. I was like, that was a big win. That's <laughs> that, awesome.
0: You, you changed that workplace yeah. forever. <laughs> okay, so then you've got your blue light, blue light blocking glasses on during the day. Then yeah. at nighttime, you ideally have your blue light kind of blocked light bulbs at home and then your proper blue light blocking glasses when the sun goes down.
1: Yeah, so the ideal situation is you're using both of them. You're using the light bulbs and the glasses. Yeah. So the light bulbs are are attacking the main light sources in your home, getting rid of most of the exposure. But the reality of the world we live in is we all look at phone screens, computer screens Mm. or TV screens at night. Yeah. The other culprit is
0: even just the light in your fridge. You open that up and it's like,
1: whoosh, yeah. with this like bright white light. It's
0: gnarly in the middle of the night, yeah. you know, those sort of lights. It's amazing, isn't it? Because we're really just, um, I mean, you wouldn't have to have any of this stuff if you were just living in nature, right? So we're just trying to trick our body into thinking that we're still just living in nature, So aren't we? this
1: is quite interesting. So people would go, oh, yeah, this is like biohacking, right? Mm. So that's
0: kind of like this buzzword, like, oh, you're a biohacker.
1: Yeah. I think just normal daily life is we're being biohacked in daily life. Mm. Like, this is not biohacking. This is actually trying to undo the biohacking. We're being hacked with all this artificial light and lifestyle. And, like, we're just trying to provide solutions to, like, put you more back in line with how you should be living. So that
0: that's <laughs> we're, like, the exactly, reverse man. the reverse biohackers. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to look at it, you know. <laughs> so what are some signs that people might be struggling from just getting out of whack with too much blue light? I mean, similar stuff like you had. What else? What might be some keys that indicate um that struggling?
1: Winding down at night, like can't fall asleep or waking up. Those are two things which are heavily modulated through your melatonin. So that can be either or either. For me, it was always waking up at the night, but some people literally, what's the thing that people do when they can't sleep? They grab their phone. Oh, worse, <laughs> it's, like, eh? yep. it's just this vicious cycle, right? So step one, don't grab the phone. <laughs> like That's one of the main things you'll see. Then during the daytime, what we're starting to see a lot of is the sore eyes, dry eyes, headaches, migraines, eye strains. These are almost like warning signs that your eyes aren't dealing with it. Mm. These are like the starting symptoms. This can lead to issues later down the track. That's what we're starting to see now. You know, it's been a good 10 years of a lot more digital devices. We're seeing a, a massive rise in like macular degeneration, which is essentially eye damage. The early warning signs are the eye strain and the headache. So it's like there's these your are time to do something about it so it's not a problem later in life. So those are the main things you'll see. And then to some degree, it's like, yeah, a little bit of like, are you highly stressed, wound up, anxious all the time? I'm not, that's a complex topic, but um, absolutely can be modulated partly through light. So if you can try and get that into to alignment, it's certainly going to help counter the hormones in the right way that they should be.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, you mentioned some stuff about red light. I'm interested to know about red light therapy. Yep. What's that about?
1: Yeah, interesting. So red light therapy is another emerging thing in the health space. We've actually jumped into that like, because we kind of looked at it and said, well, we kind of moved away from being like a blue light blocking company. It's like the way we look at ourselves now is like, Optimal light management, right? So it's like I feel like you need to change the name of your company then. <laughs> it's too late, man. We've committed. Like, <laughs> like a rebrand is too much work. So um it's like optimal light management, right? So it's not only eliminating the harmful spectrums. I'm not yeah, I don't like the word harmful because that's when we get down the trap of blue lights, harmful, but eliminating the wrong spectrums at the wrong time and introducing more of the beneficial spectrum. So red light therapy is taking very specific wavelengths of red and near infrared light and intensifying those at very high intensities. And they are very well researched to be the most bioactive in the body. So the red light will interact with the skin. So we're not talking just getting a red light bulb and using that. We're talking quite high-powered devices, panels, that have very high-powered LEDs that intensify the light a lot. So the red light will interact with the skin. It can help with like collagen production, wrinkles, fine lines, blemishes, anything on that surface layer. And then the near-infrared will penetrate right into the tissue, and that interacts with our mitochondria, which mitochondria are what help our cells produce energy. So they produce ATP, which ATP uses energy to... Function So we're we're going well beyond just like a gland or an organ. We're going into the cell and those cells. So if you can actually allow that cell to produce energy more efficiently and how it's supposed to, the bigger picture is that tissue can function more optimally. So red light therapy, the benefits are very far and wide. Today, there's about 6,500 academic studies on it. So it's very well-researched, low-level light therapy. And the benefits just range from tissue repair, recovery, joint arthritis. If you've got a thyroid problem, it can help with
0: that. Are these benefits? Is it is it all um, like localized, or is it systemic? So, like, could you do you need to shine it on the area that it's that you want to focus on? Yes. Or, and so, it won't act anywhere other than where the light is on you.
1: Yes, correct. So if you're looking for more systemic benefits, you've got to get more as much the much of the the, the core of the body exposed. So we're talking the, the head for the brain, and then right down through the through the torso. Like some people, because we get this question like, oh, like does it need to be like right to the toes? Well, unless you're dealing with an ankle or a knee problem, you're going to get all the benefits through all those core areas of the body that help the body function.
0: Right. Yeah. But if you're looking at it because you want to help some skin to repair mm. um, or an injury to repair or you want to promote collagen function and reduce wrinkles or whatever. Yep. Um, then you need to shine that right on the on the on the skin.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. But you've also and it's again it's kind of like not all red light therapy is created equal. Work, and mm. it's looking at the wavelengths and looking at the the irradiance, which is the intensity of light, to make sure that they align with those six and a half thousand studies, it's like you, it's you know again you can just go buy it. There's all sorts of gimmicky stuff out like wraps and face masks and belts for fat loss and mm-hmm. stuff. But when you look at the LEDs, they're like these tiny little like zero point two watt. Like I, I just don't see how like that aligns with the research. So like for our example, ours are single LEDs are five watts. Our biggest one's got three hundred LEDs, so we're talking fifteen hundred watts of power. They're thick like three inches thick panels to fit all the drivers and everything to power it there's no way you can make a belt or a mask out of that just purely because of the structure you need to create to create the light intensity for it to actually be beneficial right so you actually
0: need some heavy duty infrared lights
1: yeah oh when you turn one of these things on, have you have you seen a red no, light panel no yeah when you turn one of these things on it's just like holy shit like it just it's it
0: we'll ask you. yeah so you've got to close your eyes
1: yeah, you'll get used to it. Like, right. but, So that's a common question. It's like, oh, are they going to damage my eyes sort of thing. It's like actually infrared light's really beneficial to the eyes again because they've got a lot you – know, the most mitochondria are actually concentrated in your eyes and your heart. Mm. So it's just making sure you don't overdo it. You don't like, mm. sit like one inch to the panel like looking <laughs> right into it. Mm, yeah. Just with
0: your eyes closed, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's good. What about infrared saunas? And how does the light from infrared relate to infrared saunas? Yeah, yeah good,
1: because that's actually like – we we get that question a lot, and it's kind of like a bit of a crossover in terminology. Like, you hear like infrared sauna, red light sauna, sort of, and primarily, a, a infrared sauna is far infrared light. So far infrared light produces a lot of heat, which is great. And so you'll hop in an infrared sauna; it will penetrate into the body, will heat the tissue, and you'll sweat is the primary mechanism of action there, making the body sweat, putting under heat stress, and you're mainly getting like detoxification benefits through um, excreting toxins through your sweat and you're stressing the heart a bit so your cardiovascular system is getting a bit of a workout. But it's not red light therapy or red and near-infrared light therapy because that's primarily using the red light plus a narrow spectrum of near-infrared light. So there's not much heat coming off of it. There's a little bit of heat off the off the near-infrared but you're not like jumping in front of these panels to sweat mm. and detoxify. And you'll see it's quite interesting because then the, the sauna industry has evolved a bit and you'll see like, oh, full-spectrum saunas, right? So they're saying there's a full spectrum of near, mid and far infrared in them, but the, it comes into the detail. Like technically, yes, it is, but if you try and query them and go, cool, well, what's the wavelengths of the near infrared and by, and by and what's the intensity? It's like they don't actually know. It's kind of just a spray, spray approach over it all to then – give it the marketing stamp of approval that it's full spectrum. Mm. So I don't like to mix the two. Like it's like you've got your sauna with the far infrared and that's helping you sweat. You don't actually need to use a infrared sauna to do that. You could use a traditional sauna. The infrared sauna is a lot better because the, it doesn't heat the air. It heats you. So, for example, an infrared sauna at like 55 degrees Celsius is, will make you sweat. But you have to like really crank up a, a typical sauna and it like – heats the air, and then heats you. So a little bit of different way of doing it. Um, It's a bit more efficient to use an infrared sauna to to make you sweat. It's more tolerable. You can stay in it longer. But then, yeah, keep the red light therapy with uh, the near-infrared separate with the actual right tools to do it. People always try to, like, stack it and find, like, the one that does everything. (laughs) Can I put my red light panel in the sauna we get all the time? It's like, well, the problem with that is there's, like, 10 or 12 fans on the back of these LED panels, cooling them down. Yeah, so it's overheat. (laughs) So you put it
0: in the sauna, it's just going to be pushing hot air through it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And do you use a red light panel yourself? Yeah, I've got a pretty <laughs> intensive setup. Eh? Like, yeah. like because
1: we've created them so like they're modular, so you can kind of. We've got one from a little handheld through to a big panel, mm. which can you can stack another panel one underneath and connect them all
0: together. So, so what do you do? Like, what's your protocol and how do you use it?
1: Yeah, so I I try to do it five days a week, like mm. Monday to Friday, first thing in the morning, ten minutes the front, ten minutes the back, full body exposure because I've got head to toe setup. Yep. Because another thing we kind of alluded to before was a near infrared light with serotonin. So there's a lot of research around the serotonin pathways in near infrared. So, and that's where you see the sleep benefits come from red light therapy is getting optimal serotonin. But yeah, I just do it on a a weekly, daily basis, Mm. 20 minutes a day, and I'm done. A lot of people ask me the questions like, oh, what's, you know, what do you find the benefits from it? And it's quite interesting because it's like, well, on me and you're you with a whole different host of reasons you might be using it but I've been doing red light therapy for about five years now and I would say I haven't been trying to reverse a condition which is really good for but it's also good if you don't have a condition and you just want to maintain optimal health now I can't conclusively say this was the cause of it but like I don't get sick very often I feel quite energized all the time during the day um, so I kind of stack that to what we, I do there. When I go traveling, I don't have red light therapy. I do notice a little bit of a drop-off in terms of that afternoon slump a bit. But again, everyone is a bit different. But yeah, it's that's, that's something based on the research that I'll do for the rest of my
0: life. <laughs> Not just because of the benefits I know it's having for overall health. Yeah, and, and you, like you mentioned before, there's such a big body of um, scientific evidence backing up the benefits to it, huh? mm well, that's, uh, that's about us, Dan. So um, I just want to say thanks so much, man. It's been really good sort of, yeah, picking your brain on this. It is such an important topic that I think a lot of people don't consider when it comes to health. If people want to track you down, follow you or your business, they want to maybe get some blue light blocking glasses or light bulbs for themselves or some, some red light panels, mm. um, how do they do so?
1: Come visit us on our website, so blockbluelight.co.nz. Um not blue block light, that's what we like, blue block light. It's like block blue light. <laughs> um, but yeah, even just flick us an email or we're on we're on Facebook, it's like message us, like yeah, we're we're pretty good. Like we like I even jump in, I'm like answering questions all the time. Like, yeah. especially in the real life therapy space, we get so many questions and yeah, I love it. So I love to like help people out. Like if people got like specific questions around like, sure, how can I do this? Or like fit out my home with lighting and stuff, like we 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 try to like give a bit of a more customized approach to try and work out what they need for their their situation sort of thing
0: yeah awesome man oh well thanks so much Come cool, man yeah right. catch you next time cheers and just quickly if you liked what you've heard of uh, Dan's blue light blocking products want to check them out maybe get some for yourself Dan has actually offered a great discount for all of our listeners which you can redeem on his website so head to the show notes actually because we have all the information there you can see where to go and what code to use to get your discount if you're interested Oh, one last question before you go. What did you think of the podcast? Did you like it? Because if you did, then please rate it and review it and share it and tell people about it. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell some random guy down the road. It really does make a big difference and it helps us to keep creating this podcast and sharing this awesome information with you for free. This show is brought to you by Raw Collective, the podcast company behind the creation of the show. You will find all updates on the Raw Collective Instagram as well as on the website rawcollective.co. Now, get out of here. Go have a good day. Get out of here. Bye.